but because I've been willing to do the hard things and not settle for the necessary things, sometimes the necessary things are trumped by the hard things. And because I've been willing to do the hard things with God's help, I don't have to have a new sobriety day because my mom died. I don't have to have a new sobriety day because one of our babies died in my family. I don't have to have a new sobriety day because, because somebody's giving me comfort and joy when I don't want it. And this place. So I'm going to leave you with this. Habits, application, craving, a knack, H-A-C-K. And now you have a hack for sobriety. God be with you. That's it. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you're all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Hola, compadres. From Studio AA Deep in the heart of Texas, that was the voice of a frequent guest from the past, Ms. Brenda J, that you heard at the beginning of this here episode number 318. And you are going to hear so much more from Brenda in just a moment. But first things first, this here episode is being brought to you by Todd and Kurt and Lou, and Idaliza, and Anonymous, and Audrey, and Mary Lynn. What may you ask? Did the aforementioned Todd, and Kurt, and Lou, and Idaliza, and Anonymous, and Audrey Lynn, and Mary Lynn do? Well, they went to our humble little website, www.soberspeak.com. They clicked on the little yellow donate tab, and they made a contribution. So thank you so much again, Todd and Kurt and Lou and Idalies and Anonymous and Audrey and Mary Lynn. This here episode is coming right out to youans. I was just thinking about this before I started recording, and that is that I am well aware, very well aware, that you could be watching Hulu or whatever that thing is called at this time. You could be listening to other podcasts. You could be uh, uh, watching cable news and getting yourself all 
fired up. You could be doing many things. And for those of you that have joined us for the first time, especially, we are so glad you are here. We're not here to talk about politics or who's right and who's wrong. And um, we're, we're, we're right down the middle on most of that stuff. And uh, we're just here to, hopefully, we're here to provide a platform where people can grow closer to the God of their understanding, where they can learn how to treat themselves and other people better, where they learn about the the skill, if you will, of making amends and prayer and meditation and working the 12 steps. And we're trying to provide a platform that can give you a little bit of a comfort and ease throughout the day. And we're so glad that you are here with us. All right. So we're we're having a return guest, uh, Brenda J. Uh, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you're going to know Brenda J's name. Uh, uh, if you haven't heard any of her episodes before here on the pod, you are missing out. Um, I, I would just go back through whatever sort of search feature you have in your podcast player, or if you just want to search up uh, Brenda J and Sober Speak on the Google or something like that. Uh, you can find her other episodes. I think she's been on, I don't know, I probably have six other episodes with her. Uh, she is a dynamo. And uh, she shared with me a, a recent uh, live talk that she gave uh, on a uh, via an online meeting. And this one is called Hack. For sobriety, H A C K. This is a short and powerful talk Brenda gave. Uh, Hack is an acronym that stands for habits, application, craving, and knack. Knack with a K on the front of it. So anyway, uh, so it's habits, application, craving, and knack. This is a hack for sobriety. I know you're going to enjoy Brenda uh, and uh, we will have plenty. Oh, listener feedback at the end of this year episode. Enjoy Brenda. God. I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as you will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I will help. Of your power, your love, and your way of life. May I do your will always. My name is Brenda. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I remember in tidings of comfort and joy this morning. It's good to see y'all. Love you. Um, thank you, um, Ryan. My friend Ryan's on here. Apparently, it's some sort of miracle that he wakes up at this hour. So, congrats, Ryan. Like, I support you, man. All right. Because uh, an hour earlier, and y'all would have got a way different talk. Okay. So, Ryan's my friend, and I'm glad he's here. I did notice that the flyer for this meeting said bagels, though. It's it's all right. I just uh I just make myself some toast later. But the bagels thing is is on the flyer. Just want to point that out. Kind of expected somebody to 
bring me bring me one this morning. Um, I was getting ready to come over here and do this thing. God love the rest of you, man. My my birthday was on Monday, July third. I have thirty three years, and I went on a gratitude tour. I went on a look at what God did tour. And people just sick and tired of hearing me. They're like, oh, my God, let this week be over. And so it is. It's going to end this evening at the Bronx Big Book. That's my home group. By the way, when people ask me what my home group is, I just make up group names. So the one for this one says the Half Measures group. (laughs) There's no such group. (laughs) The next one's going to say as we see it. Anyway, don't go. My home group. Uh, here in, live in person said stop giving my home group out because then they get 80 new members the next week so uh, and also good luck finding me from here um, I usually only speak twice a week and I will, I only have one person I forward a flyer to and that is my my Al-Anon sponsor in Tampa uh, in Florida so I'm out after tonight all right, so we have a problem. I have 20 minutes, which, by the way, I'm just starting right now. What? That's just wrong. So I have 20 minutes, and I have four topics. The, okay, so it's important to identify, and I just want you to know that I drank enough to have to be your speaker this morning. That's it. I can't because I, I either have to choose to spend the time on telling you that I belong here and that I'm like you and that alcohol is a burn my life to the ground. It made everybody who loved me afraid of me. It made me tell a lie when I was just as easy to tell the truth. It separated me from God, such a distance that I thought we could never cover it and come back to each other. That's my alcoholism. But what I know about me as an alcoholic is I need need something. When I get on a meeting, I need something after the meeting that I can use right now to be sober. And so that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about... Wait, so at 33 years, somebody write this down. Oh, don't put nothing in the chat to me because I don't read chat. Um, so um, here's my email is bjasso1 at outlook.com. That's the way to find me. Somebody has that. I think Luann's on here. Um, so here's what I know. I will walk away from everything I don't understand. So if people are talking about the fourth step or they're talking about this and patience and love and harmony, and I don't understand that, I walk away from it. So what I wanted to share tonight was to, it's tonight, I've been, uh, what I wanted to share was what are the five things I've done since July 3rd of 1990? So if you're, if I'm trying to stay sober, if you, and I, I love beginners meeting, beginners meeting and meetings for the kids, the little young people, folks, I will go to any meeting they ask me to speak at. But what, here are the five things that I've done every day. I ask God to help me and give me 24 hours in the morning, 24 hours. Dear God, give me 24 hours. And then I go to a meeting, any meeting, anywhere. Three, I call somebody from AA every day and ask him how they are. I missed that last part for a long time, and I would just talk to them about how I was, and nobody cared. I ask God for 24 hours. That's number one. Number two, go to a meeting. Number three, call somebody and ask him how they are. And number four, read any page out of any of our literature. Even if you just open a book and go, okay, this is what it says in the whatever. Just read something because we're trying to get some new information going in there. And then the final thing is that every night I thank God. I've done that for 33 years, sober today, happy, joyous, free, awake, and I am not afraid to tell you how good it gets here. Now, here's the problem. I got to go on to 
the four things I want to talk about. So the first thing I want to talk about is habits. I'm going to give you a definition. You don't have to write it down. Just sit right there. You'll get it. Here it goes. So a habit is a usual way of behaving, often in a regular and repeated way. That's why I got so good at being an alcoholic. I, I developed the habit of drinking. That's why I got so good at lying. I developed my capacity to tell lies. That's why I got so good at leaving. I had a habit of walking away when people wanted more from me than I could give them. And then I made them think it was their fault for needing something. So a habit is something to do. And the, the good news about a habit is that if you drank like that or if you like it lied like that, you have the capacity to get new habits. My problem with my habits before I got sober is that they were all directed toward drinking and destruction. So I developed the habits of drinking and destruction. I've been sober long enough now that I have new habits. So that when I want to pick up a drink, I pick up the phone. So when I want to go to the bar, I go to the meeting. So when I, I want to run away from the way I feel, I call somebody and say, you got 10 minutes. I need to just cry on the phone with you. So I have new habits. Okay, here's the second one. Things won't work if I don't apply them. Like right here, look, I just had this as an example, y'all. Okay, it just happened to be right there. And it's just an example for the point I'm trying to make. Oh, shut up. It says Hershey milk chocolate. Oh, and then this one, don't oh, it got a little. So look, it's got little riffs in it and stuff. And so I can just show you this and go, look, and it's Hershey's and it's chocolate. And this is the way that you open it. And then you can take a bite. Oh, my God. Mm, that is so good. I wish I, I wish you could taste it. But now you know how I felt about the bagel. Mm. So I'm letting it go. Yeah. Okay. Mira. So we did have it. The definition to application is an action to put something to use. I'm going to apply my knowledge to this. I'm going to apply uh, the stove cleaner to the stove. So when I get new habits, when I get information in AA, I have to, I have to apply it for it to work. I can tell you all about it, but unless I put it in, into, into action, it doesn't serve me very well. I just walk around with a bunch of really useless information. So habits, applications. The third one is craving. Mm. Listen, it took me a long time to figure this out. And if you're new and this is all you hear me saying, I did not know that I could outweigh a craving. What would happen is that my brain would say, hey, we need a drink. And then I'd sit down and have a drink. Hey, we need to go over there and steal that thing. And then I go steal that thing. Like there was no pause. There was no space. There was no consideration, nothing, man. Like I got a craving and then I had to go listen to the de definition of craving. Mm. Cause they gave us the definition, but it's also kind of judging here. It says a craving is an intense, urgent, abnormal desire. Why do you got to put that in there and judge me like that? A craving is an abnormal desire. An abnormal desire as it relates to Alcoholics Anonymous is that thing inside me that says, I know it's going to kill me, but I got to have it. I know it's better for me not to be in that relationship, but I'm going to stay. 
I know that I should not be stealing money from work, but until they find out, I'm going with it. So it's this craving, this this idea that something outside of me can fill the empty inside of me. That something outside of me can fill the empty inside of me. And then lastly, you kids probably never heard this word because y'all little. Knack. You spell that K-N-A-C-K. You say some people have a knack for solving puzzles, crossword puzzles. Some people have a knack for sharing their experience in Alcoholics Anonymous. Some people have a knack for. And so and so the definition in the in the dictionary says an acquired skill. An acquired skill to perform a task. Getting sober, staying sober becomes an acquired skill. I don't have that right now. And so how do I acquire that skill? Mostly, I watch other people who are sober. Because other people who are sober are going to do one of two things. They are either going to show me the direction I want to go in, or they're going to show me the direction I did not want to go in. I remember the first fifth step I was going to do. Um, I was going to meet my sponsor in the morning and then go to a meeting together. And then we were going to go do my fifth step. Well, I showed up a little early, but I showed up early so I could just catch her at the door to tell her I really wasn't going to do it. That I had reconsidered. And, and so I got there early enough to watch this dude and this dude at the meeting house, his job ever since Jesus was little, I think, was to make the coffee. And nobody else got to make the coffee but him. And I, I sat with that dude while he was making the coffee. And man, he was sober like 27 years at the time. And this, and then this was wrong. And then talking about this person, and then talking about that meeting. And then talk, listen, I listened to that fool so long, I couldn't wait for my sponsor to get this. So I could do my fourth step and my fifth step. Because the truth is, is that that's the other alternative. Everybody on this meeting has my permission. Look, if six months from now, why is it hot in here? If six months from now, you come on a meeting and you hear me talking about the stuff I was talking about six months ago, I would like for you to unmute yourself and say, for God's sakes, Brenda, work a step. I heard you talk about that six months ago. You know, because I just got to I got to take what what people are offering and and create new habits. And I have to take what people are giving me and practice it. If I go on a meeting and somebody said, you know, I've been not telling the truth. I've been not telling the truth. And yesterday I finally realized I was going to drink if I didn't tell the truth. So I told the truth. And then I'm like, well, that sounds like something I should apply in my life. And then people will tell me, you know, I reunited with my family or people will say I got it was so dangerous for me in that to be in that place that I asked God to help me move out. And so I have I have to develop new habits. I have to apply what I'm learning here. Look, this book is one of like three books that has notes from every meeting I've gone to during the pandemic. Why? Because this is the stuff I need to apply to my life. I have an ego whose only job is to separate me from God. And that little rep. I almost call him a rep. Anyway, so it 
so I have to have this here because then now I can open it. And by the way, this is also very helpful. If you're new, if you're at a meeting and somebody's sharing and then you're like, oh my God, please, please. Um, so you can always have good notes though. So you get to by like pretend to be listening and be at a good meeting at the same time. There's a note right here that says sanity will not happen if nobody is trying. Mm, I remember I wrote that by my sister. I affectionately call her Satan. I cannot help myself. That's why I need God. Anyway, so I keep these books of notes because I have to have stuff that I can apply when I'm not with you. Cravings. So here's what I do when I get a craving. I have a friend, Tom, I at the time that had 41 years sober and 41 years sober. And the dude said this from the podium. He said, if I woke up tomorrow with a desire to take a drink, I would not be surprised. Nor would I be unprepared. I love it. And so I have to look at my cravings, ask God to remove it and get up and go do something for somebody else. I, I didn't learn. I, I forgot that last part. So when I got a craving, I'm like, God, please remove this craving. Please remove this craving. Please remove it. And then I drink and go, see, I asked God to remove it. And I drank. He didn't help me. But I'm, I missed the second part of the directions to ask God to remove it and go find something to do for somebody else. Move, move a muscle, change of thought, says my other folks in the other, in the other fellowship. I have to go find something to do. And there's time. Look, there's the book says there's nothing that will help when you want to take a drink as intensive work with, an, <laughs> with another alcoholic. God love the people I'm sponsoring. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're just going about their life. And I'm like, look, I'm going to need to do some intense work with you. <laughs> they're like, what the hell? Um, and I don't mean hell is a cuss word. I mean, hell is a warm place. And, and so I have, I have learned to outweigh the craving. And I have developed a knack to love you. I have developed the, the knack of joy. I've developed the knack of freedom. I have a knack for being awake. I have a knack for welcoming people. I have a knack to practice vulnerability, to consent every time to show myself to you. Most of you know that when I open it with a meeting, I always say, I'll come bearing tidings of comfort and joy because if there's one thing that people seem to need so badly right now, it's comfort and joy. That's why. And some apparently people are bothered by me, which just shocks me, y'all. I'm so quiet and uh, in my own lane all the time. I have no idea why they're offended. Uh but somebody wrote in the comments one time, and then somebody sent me a screenshot. They know I don't reach out. You write whatever the hell you want up in there again, a warm place. Um, and so somebody wrote in the chat, they were gonna, they thought they were talking to another friend, but they accidentally sent it to me. And when I said that I would like to offer some comfort and joy, this 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 woman put a note that said. Will somebody tell that B-I-T-C-H that it ain't Christmas? So I just, I wrote back and said, tell them the B-I-T-C-H knows. 
And I bow. I bow when you open your mouth to speak. Somebody says, stop bowing, Brenda. It's distracting. I'm like, stop looking at me. But I bow when you go to speak because a life, a life is about to speak. There was some consent that you gave when you raised your hand to show yourself. I, uh, and I bow to honor that. I have a sponsor who, when, when, my te- when I'm in a meeting and my teachers walk in, I stand to acknowledge, to acknowledge that my teacher has arrived. My, my sponsor, she's got almost 50 years. Um, she said that I helped her get to meetings on time because it was awkward when she was late and I'd stand. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just, it's just who I am. I would encourage folks, if you're new here, if you just got the AA, I would encourage you to keep drinking except for a couple of, you know, Roblox, dying, and wet ring. If you don't know what that is, that's how it ends for some of us. And since we live in the world we live in, when you get off this meeting, you can go Google that. I stopped. And you need to hear me say this. I stopped because I had to. I didn't stop because I thought it was a good idea. I didn't stop for any other reason. I stopped because I had to. And so I want to tell you, just I'm going to close here. I've got just a couple of minutes. If you're new to Alcoholics Anonymous, somebody, somebody's going to tell you that they love you and that you're welcome and that you're, and, and it might as well be us. You might as well feel that way here with us. Because you found your way home, because we can help you. I, uh, my mom died on December 2nd of, of uh, 2008, and I was living in Tampa at the time, and I went back, and it was time for me to have my physical with the doctor in January. And I mentioned to him that, that by the way, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm awake. So I go to see the doctor for my physical, and I told him that my mom had died. And so he's like, okay, we're beginning of the year. We got to do this test and this test and this test. And then he looks over his glasses at me like this. And he says, about your broken heart. He said, take that to AA. They don't know what to do with it. And I went to my home group in Tampa to the lunch meeting and I laid my head down on the table and all I could do was cry for hours, for the whole hour. Then I'd get up and say the prayer and walk out. I did that over and over and over. And then one day, probably two or three weeks into it, somebody pushed a copy of how it works under my, under my arms. 
and I lifted my head. And it took me 20 minutes to read how it works. But because I've been willing to do the hard things and not settle for the necessary things, sometimes the necessary things are trumped by the hard things. And because I've been willing to do the hard things with God's help, I don't have to have a new sobriety day because my mom died. I don't have to have a new sobriety day because one of our babies died in my family. I don't have to have a new sobriety day because because somebody's giving me comfort and joy when I don't want it. And this place. So I'm going to leave you with this. Habits, application, craving, a knack, H-A-C-K. And now you have a hack for sobriety. God be with you. That's it. There goes Brenda bringing the heat. Uh, she is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I've been trying to get her back over here for a one-on-one interview uh, coming up soon. Our schedule seemed to be very busy, both of us, but I hope to get her uh, back over to Studio AA here and be able to uh, uh, interview her one-on-one. Um, but if you have any... Now, remember, we don't want you sharing your gossip. But we would love for you to pause your device and share that episode with a friend or family member. That episode may be just what they need today. Now, on to a little bit of listener feedback. And if you want to get in touch with me, remember I'm at John, J-O-H-N, at SoberSpeak.com. Now, on to a little bit of listener feedback. So Mike writes in, and Mike is our wonderful volunteer who uh, takes care of the uh, the post office box that we have in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, and as a reminder, if you want to write into him uh, or uh, you, you want to write to me via Mike uh, at this uh, uh, P.O. box, you can write to Sober Speak. That's 1962 East Apache Boulevard, P.O. Box 7925. Tempe, that's T-E-M-P-E, Arizona, 85281. Uh, Mike would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. But Mike writes in, he calls this the the snail mail update, which I think is great. He says, greetings, John, from the snail mail department of Sober Speak. I'm happy to report that we had four letters this week, three new and one repeat. So shout outs to, for those of you writing in, Chris, excuse me, Chris S in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Stephen M in Latte, Florida. I'm probably not saying that right. L-A-W-T-E-Y, Florida. This sounds like a drink, right? A latte. But anyway, Brian F. in Winslow, Arizona. He's standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona, and he's writing to Sober Speak. And then he says, and our repeat friend, Rocco K. in Tampa, Florida. He says, uh, Rocco sent the picture attached. Yes, I see Rocco. Uh, which I think is very cool. Uh, And he says, and thanks again, Rocco. Uh, That's Rocco and Rocco Jr. I wish I had a name like Rocco. I wish I was cool like Rocco, but 
I'm just a typical John M. But anyway, uh, yeah, I see that. I'm looking at it right now. That's very cool. Brian F. wants you to know he believes, quote, you are a true leader, unquote. He uh, he sometimes uh, fast forwards through the pre and post production. <laughs> that means he's fast forwarding through me. But when he does listen to it, it reminds him of Concept 9. Oh my gosh, Brian, I don't even know what Concept 9 is. And he is grateful to be a sponsor again for six years after losing 17 years of sobriety and your transparency of your life shows you are really living the program thank you brian finally i attached the letter from stephen m because it was a heartfelt message for the listeners until next time from the snail mail department please peace and blessings mike all right so what i'm going to do now is i'm going to read to you the letter from uh stephen m that mike is talking about there and it says uh excuse me. Greetings, John M. I am an alcoholic and my name is Steve M. I say that I'm an alcoholic first because I need a daily reminder to strive for humility. And this is a good way for me to practice humility by being honest and admitting that my self-will is insufficient for me. I am 37 years old while serving 20 years in a prison along with 10 years of probation as a direct result of my disease. It's been about 15 years since I've been locked up and I celebrate three years of uh, continuous clean time on the 27th of this month. Good for you. Great for you, Steve. Uh, I have been listening to Sober Speak for almost a year now, and it has been a blessing to my recovery while also uh, aiding me in the pursuit of service at my institution within the recovery community. I found recovery within the rooms for the first time in my life. Uh, and he put the rooms in parentheses, uh, uh, in quote marks, I should say. And when I came to my current location and I have been taking suggestions and making progress over uh, ever since, I'm currently working the steps for the third time with my third sponsor and my sponsors have been, uh, 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 my, my sponsors having been other incarcerated when I'm sorry, I'm reading this from a, from an image. So he writes, well, it's just, I'm having a hard time seeing the words because there's shadows on the, the letter and that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, and, uh, then he says, the reason why I'm writing this is in hopes that it may help someone else. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, from overdose to suicide attempts, selling my body and committing multiple robberies, landing me in prison for 20 years. The big book reminds me that, quote, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our, our experience can benefit others, unquote. Well said. And also, we are going, it says, quote, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Both of these statements are true for me. Uh, I, true for me. And I, I'm working the steps and I had the unbelievable chance. Uh, I had the, oh, I had unbearable shame, guilt, and self-hatred. Never 
never mind the resentments I held towards others. Recovery, though, uh, uh, living a program to the best of, hold on, I got to switch pages here. My ability has given me a life I would have never imagined. Yes, even in prison, I go home in a couple of years and I can't wait to join the rest of our recovery brothers and sisters out there also trudging the road to happy destiny. Well, we look forward to seeing you, Stephen. Uh, He says, John M., thank you and everyone who takes time to share their experience, strength, and hope. Uh, on sober speak, you guys are truly utilize. You guys are truly utilizing the twelfth step and giving uh, those suffering from this disease hope. Oh, that's very kind. Uh, if anyone's struggling in uh, either in prison or on the outside is able to read or hear the contents of this letter, I would like to leave you with this: there is a difference between the fellowship and the program. I've seen people join the fellowship but refuse to work with work the program, and it always ends up the same, jails, institutions, and death. So please give yourself a break. Uh, And then there's uh, five bullet points here. It says, plug into the fellowship, get a sponsor, work all, all is underlined, the steps in order, and that's in quotes, help others, and don't forget to pray. Many thanks and much love, Stephen M. and the Latte Correctional Institution in Florida. Stephen, God bless you, my friend. Thank you for taking time to write that down, and uh, oh, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you out here, uh, all your other recovery of brothers and sisters. God bless you, my friend, and thanks for taking time to write that and uh, send it over to uh, Mike in the snail mail department. <laughs> All right, Alan A., he calls himself Double A, writes in, and this is a follow-up to a former email, to, to, uh, to an email from a, a, a past episode, and he says, hey, you John, well, hey, yeah, Alan, double A, I should call you, thanks, he says, thanks again, I will be listening to every upcoming episode, and certainly not just to hear about my performance and stupidity that led me back down the dark road of alcoholism and addiction uh, to prison yet again. I pray someone will hear what they need to hear and reach out and allow me to start giving back. That is all in God's hands. Um, I have attended quite a few meetings since being released and have been able to attend church services at a church that is focused on helping people from the local rescue mission and those downtrodden. The pastor has personally picked me up the last two Sundays. That's great. He says, I told him today when he dropped me off that I wanted to serve the Lord somewhere and I like what I see him and his wife doing and just as I see you doing with Sober Speak. My plan is to do all I can for this fellowship and the church. I know that is where the joy is. Thanks again, John, in Christ and recovery, double A. Well, double A, thank you. Uh, I'm so glad to see you are back on your feet, and uh, I'm so glad to see that you're uh, so fired up for uh, recovery and Christ. Uh, God bless you, my friend.
Annette writes in and she says, uh, hi, John, thank you uh, so much for letting me join your Facebook group. Well, Annette, the pleasure is ours. She says, I live in London, England, and I heard your podcast for the first time last week. It was Stephanie C. talking about her life experience and strength and hope. I have since listened to uh, part two on the, uh, the, the two-part show with Andy V. And she says, it was my sponsor who suggested I listen to an AA pro- podcast. I browsed iTunes and found you. Well, thank you. I'm glad you found it. She says, it was my, sp- uh, oh, I am 11 days back from a relapse. I've been in AA for two and a half years and my home group is in Texas and it's called Keep First Things First. I'm a former lawyer and now a full-time career to my, oh, oh uh, excuse me, uh, and now a full-time, I think she's saying a, a caretaker, to my 92-year-old mother who has dementia. Uh, look forward to listening to you again. Re- regards, Annette H. Well, God bless you and your 92-year-old mother, Annette. Annette. Thanks for writing in. Cindy writes in and she says, hi, John, I live in Pennsylvania outside of Reading. Oh, I've been to Reading before. It looks like reading. You know, every, I'm sure everybody pronounces reading who has not ever heard it pronounced before. But anyway, yes, I've been to Reading, a little town north of Philadelphia. And yes, I am a big Eagles fan. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Well, <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll just leave it at that. I'm not a big Eagles fan. <laughs> I'll put it that way. She says, my sobriety date is December 18th of 1995. I just turned 60. 69 years old in September, and I was sober when I was 41. I had a friend of mine say one time, who the heck gets sober right before Christmas? Well, when you're as sick and tired of being sick and tired, you take desperate measures. At least that's what I did. Uh, Sobriety has not been easy for me. I understand that as I am the only family member to get sober and stay sober. Sometimes that road becomes more difficult. It's not about wanting to drink. It's about sometimes not feeling a part of the group, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. She says, I was struggling one night, definitely having some trouble sleeping at times and needed something to listen to regarding recovery. I started to search my podcast app. Now, I love this. She's 69 years old and on a podcast app. That's fantastic. And typed in the word sober and sober speak came up. I have loved what I've heard so far. I actually listened to the episodes from a couple of years ago to start. I have only started listening this week and I don't have any favorite speakers yet. But the episodes I've listened to so far have been excellent. Um, I looked up Sober Speak on Facebook as well and then saw that you have the Sober Speak secret group and knew I wanted to join. Well, we're glad to have you in there, Cindy. Uh, she says, uh, for just for the few episodes I have listened to. Oh, oh. And uh, uh, thank you so much for considering me to join. And thank you for your service, Cindy G. Thank you, Cindy. We're glad to have you uh, as part of our our listenership and also in the Sober Speak Secret Group. By the way, if you ever want to like post something in the Sober Speak Secret Group, just tag at Sober Speak. That's me, basically. And uh, uh, if you if you want to put something in there uh, that you want read on the pod, uh, feel free to do that. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll go in there, take a look at it, and hopefully we get you uh, on the pod as well. 
Laura writes in and Laura says, great full in Canada. At first I thought it was a uh, typo, but it's great G-R-E-A-T. And then the second word full in capital letters, F-U-L-L in Canada. And then I go, oh no, she's full of great in Canada, a Canuck. Anyway, she says, hi, John, I'm so grateful to you and your podcast. My friend Denise from the program turned me on to it, and I just love it. Well, tell Denise we said hello. Uh, She says, I am eight months and 22 days sober by the grace of God and my higher power. I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and I wish I could visit you at the Frisco Group. Well, come on down, Laura. We would love to. Vi- we would love to see you. She said, "I heard a listener comment on how her husband gets upset having to watch the kids when she goes to meetings and doesn't trust her yet." I can totally relate to that. I started to go to meetings just once a week now for the same reason. It's not quite enough. So again, thank you. Uh, I am so grateful for your podcast to get me through. Wondering if you can add me to the Super Secret Facebook group. Thanks again, John, for all you do. Uh, we are so blessed to have you, Laura. Well, Laura, the 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 blessing is mine uh, for all of you as listeners. But I appreciate the kind words. And for those of you out there listening, what you if you want to join that Super Secret Facebook group, you go to the, your Facebook application. You search up. Sober Speak Secret Group. You ask for admission on into the group and we will get you on in. Or you could just write me at John, J-O-H-N at SoberSpeak.com and I'll I'll uh, send you back the directions. All right, everybody. That is Uno Masamana in the books. We have uh, episode number, what episode was this again? I think it was 318. Oh, I, I lost it. I think it was 318 though. We have another episode in the books and say, my God bless you and keep you until then. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I take this one week at a time. I hope to be back next week. Uh, God bless you guys. Love you.